stronger, be wiser. Our seat, our table. This is our voice, our time, our moment, our seat, our table. Good morning, everyone. My name is Barbara Chandler, and today we have a very, very special tribute in celebration and in honor of Juneteenth. Juneteenth is tomorrow, Saturday the 19th. Juneteenth is being celebrated everywhere in our cities, inner cities, through celebrations, uh, presentations. And I tell you, coming and doing this show today, I have a very special guest. This is Our Seat, Our Table, the Leadership Lounge. Our Seat, Our Table is the Leadership Lounge that we started earlier this year as a way to celebrate our community leaders, our community ambassadors, businesses, artisans, and just people who are doing things in our community on a very localized scale. A lot of times we, we're, we're working and we're living in these communities, things are happening and we're not sure who is responsible. So this is where our seat, our table comes in. We get to tell our narrative. We get to tell our grassroots stories. Today I have an extremely and an extraordinary guest that will be joining us. This guest is one of Central Florida's founding fathers, is what I'm going to call him. He is a legend within his own right. It is none other than Dr. Alzo Reddick. Good morning, Dr. Reddick. How are you today? Good morning, Ms. Java. How are you? I am doing fantastic. First of all, we want to welcome you to our seat, our table, the Leadership Lounge. We created this platform as a way that we get to curate and tell our own stories and be in charge of our own narratives. And it's, again, with, with Juneteenth at the helm of everything that's happening in uh, Central Florida, in our communities this weekend, we wanted to bring on someone who is not just familiar with the Juneteenth experience, but someone who has led and advocated for Juneteenth to be a part of our national history. And that is you, 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 Mr. Reddy. This is an honor to, to have you to join us. Uh, Dr. Alzo Reddick Sr., tell us, tell us who, who are you? Where were you born? Where did you go to school? Give us an introduction as who you are as, as, one, of our, as one of our champions. Mighty Tigers. And I attended uh, uh, Paul Quinn College, the oldest black college in Texas, uh, and at Jones High School. I'd like to uh, just share that we played uh, football. Uh, I played football uh, against Deacon Jones for the Black County Championship. Wow. In 1955. It was a segregated society at that point. And of course, Hungerford is no longer with us, but. Uh, Deacon Jones was an outstanding uh, athlete, mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, Alzo J uh, ended up on an academic scholarship, and uh, uh, football was something I enjoyed, but uh, I, I was uh, not the athlete that, that Deacon Jones was. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm sure, I'm sure you held your own though, right? Uh, that's excellent. Did you always know that you were, uh, I, I want to say, a civil rights leader? Did you know that in your earlier years? 
I was elected class president in 1948 in Ms. Violet Brown's class, and I shared that with people. Uh, Jackie Robinson came to play baseball, and it's the first time I played hooky uh, in my life. I was a fourth grader, I was a class president, and uh, I joined the church that year. So as a fourth grader, uh, uh, I could read very, very well. And Mrs. Brown, who was the wife of a minister, uh, identified uh, identified me, uh, and, and somehow uh, reading was what I could do, and and I I had the ability to express my myself. Uh, I, I I was not good at math. I tried to hide. <laughs> when the along the along the division, I couldn't spell, but anything in the newspaper, and that's why I knew that Jackie Robinson was there. So. I share that with people uh, that, for me, leadership began with uh, black women that were teachers that told us that integration was coming and we were going to have to compete uh, in the white world at some point in time. And so I, uh, I give whatever, whatever I have accomplished in, in life, uh, I give to a series of, of black teachers, uh, primarily Ms. Brown and Thelma Vivian Jackson Dudley, uh, they 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 put uh, uh, some uh, some uh, some accomplishment juice in the back of my head, and and so uh, uh, that uh, uh, that accounted for the activism uh, the activism in, in in school and and my interest in politics. And I tell people I've won election, I've lost election, and. Uh, and I, I regret that, uh, that I lost uh, uh, elections, but I'm grateful for the people that voted for me down through the years, from my classmate to uh, people that have voted for me through the years. So that began my political career in the fourth grade. In the <laughs> and that's an early start. That is a, a talk about experience. Jackie Robinson coming, uh, and of course, uh, Jackie Robinson didn't stay at the Angeles Hotel with the white players. He mm. lived in the Wellsville Hotel, which is on South Street. That is correct. Uh, he, he lived uh, in Dr. Wells' home, which is next to the Wellsville Hotel. And so for people uh, where we have now uh, a black mayor of Orange County and have had a black president, they have no idea in 1948 there were no black firemen, there were no black policemen, it was a strictly segregated society. But the people that were produced uh, during this time were prepared to assume leadership position once given a, an opportunity. Exactly. And I say a lot of times, not even given an opportunity, but actually they created opportunities for themselves. Dr. Alzo Reddick, I would love to know who raised you? Who and, and, and I know a lot of times that question is very broad in the black community because at, at so many of us are raised by numerous people. But who who would you say took um uh, took precedence in raising you and cultivating your mindset? Uh, my mother and father uh, were together from their, their wedding in 1936 um, until uh, my mother's death in, uh, 19, uh, in, in 1987. And uh, my father died uh, four years uh, uh, later. And... Uh, they were the primary uh, influence. Uh, I am the firstborn of uh, of, of, of uh, five uh, five children, and and of course I I, uh, I grew up uh, next to Miss Eddie Jackson, uh, who was the wife of John Jackson, for, for whom the recreation center on Carter Street in Westmoreland in the black community is named. And Mrs. Mrs. Jackson. Uh, took me to the Alberton Public Library, which was uh, in the Episcopal Church uh, as a second grader, and books for me became a part. And so I would say that uh, the, the teachers that took a role in the life of, of, of 
Alzo Reddick and others were instrumental in exposing me to everything from uh, how to hold a fork and, and uh, how to conduct myself uh, uh, in a formal setting uh, to the world of books. And uh, even at this time, uh, I am still fascinated by books. And so I would say I, I was raised by the steady influence of uh, my mother and, and father and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and did experience uh, 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 that testing rod a little bit if, if I, you know, if I had to behave outrageously. So uh, my parents were primarily my influence, but I would say uh, the teachers were a secondary uh, influence. And growing up in, in Orlando, Z.L. Riley was a man of consequence. Uh, Mr. Frazier was his drugstore, was a man of influence, Dr. Smith. And so there were, there were pioneer uh, black men of distinction. Uh, it, we did not refer to them as role models, but everyone in town knew who the towering men and women were uh, uh, in, in the black community. So that would be my explanation. Wow. And uh, women of, uh, of influence uh, uh, that, 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 that led by uh, example. Uh, and, of course, uh, I was a Cub Scout. I was a Boy Scout. And I share that because of Wilbur Bulldog Gary's sister was my then mother, Mrs. Gary. And even though she was pregnant, uh, we had a, had a lot of Cub Scout meetings at her house. And so... All those influences. Wow, wow, wow. How well-rounded. Now, you mentioned Mr. Riley. Is that the same Mr. Riley who started the um, Orlando, the, the technically the African-American Chamber for Black Businesses? listening to Our Seat, Our Table, The Leadership Lounge. My name is Barbara Chandler, and I am speaking with none other than uh, Central Florida's finest, Dr. Alzo Reddick. Dr. Alzo Reddick is many things to our community, um, and Juneteenth, Juneteenth is tomorrow in celebration and honor of Juneteenth. We found that it was fitting in which to bring Dr. Alzo Reddick to our table, invite him to our table and to have a seat and chat with us. And just to let a few people know, tomorrow in Hannibal Square, we're celebrating Juneteenth. It's called Knowing, Remembering, and Shifting the Narrative. We are going to have a free Father's Day breakfast that is sponsored by Rollins College Black Student Union. Rollins College did a, a fundraiser, and with that fundraiser, we wanted a way in which to celebrate our community. So we're gonna be actually doing a fish, fish fry. We're gonna be doing a free Father's Day breakfast, fish and grits for everyone. You do not need to live in the area if you hear this announcement and you would like to come and join us and you are a father, bring your children, bring your wife. This is a way in which we can celebrate 
fathers in our community. Again, you are listening to Our Seat, Our Table, and we are speaking with a Dr. Alzo J. Reddick. Dr. Reddick has kind of given us the history of his upbringing and how he was raised and those who influenced him. And definitely, Dr. Reddick, you come from what we like to call a village upbringing, where everyone took part. They saw that you had something to offer. And as you stated, you knew to respect these people. Um, they did not have to tell you all at the time to to respect uh, to respect people in the community. It was automatic. It was natural. This was this was this is always a natural uh, aspect of living in the black community. Dr. Reddick, what was one of your very first jobs? The first job uh, that I had was as a as a paper boy. Uh, I I was a paper boy and I delivered the Central Florida Times with Brother Hubert. Uh, God rest of the day. He was a good friend of Coach Levine. Uh, he printed a paper called the Central Florida Times, and uh, I also uh, sold the Pittsburgh Courier. The Pittsburgh Courier was called a Sunny Boy paper because there there was a, a, a informal system of uh, wages that one could wager in the black community. It was referred to as uh, as uh, Cuba uh, Bolita, mm. and uh, the state of Florida now has uh, has usurped that. It's called a Florida lottery. <laughs> but, but for me, as a as a, a very 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 senior citizen, uh, I can remember uh, what were called the numbers people, and there were people that played the, 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 the uh, numbers, and the paper that they saw was a Pittsburgh Courier. And so the Pittsburgh Courier was, and the Central Florida Times were two of my, uh, two of my jobs uh, uh, as a young man. And from, I'm going to say about the second or third grade uh, until, uh, 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 until I guess uh, maybe uh, uh, high school, uh, then I began to uh, to sell the uh, the uh, Orlando Sentinel. I was a paper boy, and I got that paper out, I believe, in 1953 at the Orlando Sentinel. And I would I, I would I was a paper boy in the morning, and I would wash dishes in the evening at the Orange Court Hotel because uh, I. I did not, uh, I, I played uh, football and I was class president in the 11th grade, but I did not sing or dance. And so uh, <laughs> I thought it was necessary for me to, to, to be the sharpest guy in town. So there was co competition <laughs> among us uh, to see who was the snazziest dresser. So, you know, being a sharp dresser was one of the things that put you in. And so I had a job in the morning and a job in the in the uh, evening, uh, uh, so I was a paper boy until I went off to uh, to, to college at Paul Quinn College in Waco, Texas. Exactly, and as we all know, appearance is everything. So you can't be caught slipping. You cannot be caught slipping. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. Now, I, I know one of the things that you are most proud of, you've mentioned it, um, that you graduated from Jones High School. What was Jones High, um, what was it like at the time that you were a student there? Jones High School was, uh, was a finishing school. It was uh, a preparation for the world outside. And we had so many people that accomplished so much. And I would just mention, uh, in terms of intellectual firepower, uh, we had Dr. David B. Henson, who would become Dr. David B. Henson. He was in the class of 55, was my good friend. Esther Langston was the first black female admitted to the University of Florida. She was the class of 55. I was the class of 56. And I mentioned those two names because he earned a Ph.D. in chemistry, and she earned an M.D., and those were, were my friends. I, I played uh, football, but uh, the intellect uh, 
Hightower of some of our graduates, and Beverly McGowan uh, was the valedictorian uh, of, the, of the class of 55. And so I mentioned those names in, in passing. All three of uh, those, uh, uh, those uh, very intellectual, uh, uh, gifted students were a part of the people with whom uh, I, I, I hung out. Association with uh, some of the toughest guys on the on the campus and uh, uh, toughest guys and and friends with uh, the intellectual firepower uh, made it possible for, for me to hang out with uh, the, the people that that were to ring the academic bells uh, a little uh, a little later. So uh, I feel very fortunate in the friendship. Uh, in the association that I, I, I had as a student at Jones High School, and I mentioned those names, uh, all three of them are now deceased, but uh, I mention those names frequently when I speak to tell people Jones High School had a, a long reputation of, of producing students that, com that could compete uh, and did compete academically. Wow, wow, wow. That, that's so true. We moved here, my uh, mother, uh, my sisters, my family, um, we moved here in 1978 from St. Thomas Virgin Islands. And at that time, when we moved here, my oldest sister, of course, because we lived in the district of Jones High, she attended Jones High School. And I remember driving with my mother on several occasions to drop her off or pick her up. She uh, played softball at the time. And I have to say, you know, as a little eight, nine-year-old girl, looking at all these beautiful black people, well-dressed, very sophisticated, um, just confident in, in who they were and who we are as a people, I wanted to attend Jones High School. I wanted I wanted that flavor. At 10 years old, what I was seeing was what is now known, quote unquote, as black excellence. It was there, it was present, it was dripping, and everyone that I know, um, they wanted to be a part of what that felt like. Jones High School provided an opportunity. There was a social organization called the Gay Tina. Gaytinas were black females that that were were standards of uh, excellence, and and I can remember uh, how the, the Gaytinas dressed uh, and uh, crinoline skirts, uh, crinoline whatever that stick out, whatever. Yes. A number of them wore that, and and of course uh, they earned good grades, and and uh, they were models of decorum, and it's one of the things that. Uh, that uh, I remember, and of course, the honor society was one of those things, and and uh, so uh, all of all of that becomes a very rich milieu uh, of where there was uh, excellence, uh, and uh, I, I I just I remember Jones High School with uh, uh, Mrs. Brayboy was uh, one of the, the teachers. Uh, Jackson Dudley was uh, my my favorite high school uh, teacher. And Mrs. Dudley, if the boys were smoking in the boys' bathroom, uh, Mrs. Dudley did not hesitate to go in the boys' bathroom. Uh, if and no one and no one uh, could stop her from uh, uh, insisting on law and order. And she was an English teacher, but she was very strong and disciplined. And uh, one of those things that uh, that uh, would be practically unheard of, but I, I share that with people, and uh, no one cast any aspersion. Oh, Mrs. Dudley, you couldn't go in the in the bathroom if you were in there smoking, and and Mrs. Dudley walked by that boy's bathroom, and, and they were in there smoking. Mrs. Dudley was going in there, you were not. You're going to follow the rules and regulations, and as a as a very senior citizen. Uh, I believe that, that uh, one of the things that we've lost is the importance 
rules and, and regulations uh, in terms of our conduct for the rest of our lives. Correct. Uh, I, 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 I believe that uh, a part of my experience in the United States uh, military uh, was yes, sir, to uh, every, uh, every officer. Mm. A, a, a part of it is the, the appreciation for for, for for discipline and so a part of uh, of uh, what I what I've attempted to do in my life and uh, as an educator uh, and a, as a, a former member of the United States Army is talk about the importance of uh, of pride and pride and, and discipline and so in, in most instances uh, when, when we talk about Juneteenth uh, we, we don't talk nearly enough about the role of black soldiers. Uh, uh, black soldiers were 20% of, the, of the, the Union troops that, that uh, ended the war, and, and people are not aware that the Vietnamese uh, lost more soldiers, but we lost the war in Vietnam because they had the discipline to absorb all the punishment that we could throw at them. And, uh, and and had the discipline to persevere, and so for me it's very important to tell the story of the black soldiers that went into Galveston and uh, under General Granger, and, uh, and 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 told the black people that they were free, and uh, and most people do not know when they see pictures of Robert E. Lee, uh, the Confederate general, in his dress uh, dress uniform with those stars on his shoulder, uh, General Lee surrendered to black soldiers. Wow. There are no pictures of black soldiers. And for me, uh, it, it is almost an evangelistic duty as a, a black educator to tell our children uh, that uh, maybe you don't want to be a soldier, maybe you don't want to fly a plane, but maybe you'd like to pursue uh, an MD or a PhD and talk about how to fight men when it was time to fight. And the question was, would Sambo fight? Uh, ask the people that surrendered, when they said stack arms, that means you put your, your weapons together. And it, it means, in the words of the Negro song, I ain't gonna study war no more. Don't start, don't start. The white soldiers for the Confederacy that stacked arms, uh, they stacked arms in front of black men, and and, uh, and and we must do a better job of telling the Juneteenth story. Right. Uh, when it's time to fight, uh, it isn't time for speaking. And you can't show people you your your you know the south side of you uh, running. And, and black men fought and died uh, for for this country. And when we have critical race theory, critical race theory, as far as I'm concerned. Let us begin teaching white children and black children that when it comes to saving the United States, 20% uh, of, 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 of the black, of, of the Union forces were black. And the reason we have the United States of America uh, when the South wanted to separate us is that black men and women, black men and women uh, uh, were fought and, and, and fought for the uh, union, spied for the union, nurse for the union. And so we, we have to have history uh, become our inspiration Correct. For, the, for, the, for the future. I agree. I don't, tell, I don't tell people that we have to say that black people save America all by itself, but I say tell the truth about the contributions of the USCT. They were called U.S. U.S. Color Troop, USCT, USCT found that when it was time to uh, uh, to uh, uh, lock and load, uh, nobody did it any better. <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Once again, you are listening to Our Seat, Our Table. This is a special edition for Juneteenth with Dr. Al Zoretic. The Our Seat, Our Table can be heard every Friday, once we're back on schedule, every Friday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. In honor and observance of Juneteenth, we have invited Dr. Al Zoretic, 
who is also an author of the Juneteenth legislation. Dr. Alzo Reddick, tell us about that and what exactly does that mean? It is uh, an observation day uh, in the state of Florida. Uh, governor Lawton Charles was the governor of the state of Florida when I passed the bill in 1991. It means that it is not a, a, a full holiday. In other words, that's not a time off as the King Holiday uh, Memorial Day. Uh, it was the best that I could accomplish uh, in 1991 was to make it an observation day. Uh, Representative McCurdy and Senator Bracey introduced the bill as a holiday in the Florida legislature during the previous session. Uh, they were not uh, successful, and so uh, it means that uh, they will return uh, again. Uh, but uh, as you stated a, a little earlier, uh, this is uh, one of the years in which there is intense interest in Juneteenth. Yes. And uh, I, I think that uh, it is upon us that know a, a bit more about American history to do more about American history. And, and by that I mean uh, we should tell uh, our, our children the, the truth. Uh, there are many uh, myths about white superiority, and, uh, and one of the myths is that, that uh, General Lee was a genius and, and General Grant was a butcher. Well, nothing is uh, further from the truth. General, General Grant, General Grant uh, was... Uh, uh, a military genius, and, and the reason he de defeated uh, Lee is when it comes to to uh, to playing chess on the on the battlefield. Uh, he he decided checkmate. The number of generals that that preceded General Grant, when when uh, when when President Lincoln said that he had to have this man lead his army because he fight. Uh, General Lee did defeat Grant uh, in the wilderness. But when it, when it at Appomattox Courthouse, uh, 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 Appomattox Courthouse, when General Lee surrounded, surrendered and, and said, stake off, uh, General Grant was there uh, to uh, accept his surrender. And uh, there were black troops uh, 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 that, that, that led the, the, the mousetrap. And so, as far as I'm concerned, uh, as an old soldier, I simply want people to understand the truth. And and while critical race theory is being outlawed and yeah. badmouthed by legislators uh, that should know better, uh, those of us that, that know the truth must do our bit to share the truth. That's correct. Uh, uh, for another generation of a, of a, of Americans, because. Uh, the, the, we are in troubled times uh, when, when the, the very sinews of democracy are being threatened in terms of, of a belief in democracy. And so belief in democracy and telling the truth about our battles, the ones that we won and the battles that we, mm. we lost, uh, we must tell the truth. That's correct. And it's, it's actually... Um, and and I know if anybody knows this better, it's a form of oppression. It is uh, Jim Crow 101. And I think what we see, and, and, and you're the perfect person, what we have seen um, in the last two years, the pandemic. Um, in the pandemic, we saw civil unrest. Um, and now this is the outcome. This is the, uh, the, the wanting to control the narrative, wanting to keep us kind of um, behind the fields again, behind, because with what we saw, we should be steps ahead. Now, I'm, um, when you speak about Juneteenth, I do know a few corporations that have actually taken the progressive move in which to make it a holiday. Um, and I, I, I don't want to mention any, but I, I've, I have friends and my relatives who work for at least two organizations that I know, global organizations that I'm familiar with. So there are some organizations 
who are taking and leading the charge in which to make this a national holiday. And I think it's very important in the significance in which Juneteenth, Juneteenth holds, especially for African-Americans and those who are non-African-Americans in taking the time to understand the, the history of this. It is absolutely imperative uh, that Juneteenth uh, become a, a, a holiday, and I, I, I do not minimize the struggle that it's going to to take. Yeah. Uh, in order to establish Juneteenth as a, a national holiday and observation, uh, it is then required uh, to uh, to acknowledge uh, the, the, the 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 fight that occurred to uh, to end. The rebellion in in the South, and 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 uh, it has taken hundreds of years, and 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 some of uh, our best writers uh, to uh, to embellish the reputation of the lost uh, cause, hmm. and not talk about the horrors of, of slavery. When when people see General Lee, uh, General Lee was a very uh, a brilliant soldier at West Point. Uh, I have. Uh, uh, the the first black uh, officer to get, graduate from uh, West Point, his name was Henry O. Flipper. Uh, most people uh, are not aware that the, the first black uh, officer to graduate from West Point, the cadets did not speak to him for four years. Wow. Imagine what it is to wow. be in a competitive school, a competitive university, and no one speaks to you for four, four years. Uh, Henry O. Flipper family comes from uh, near Quitman, uh, Brooks County, Georgia, where, where much of my family uh, comes from. And, and I tell people the story of Henry O. Flipper uh, and the difficulties he had. And of course, B.O. Davis uh, Jr. was a graduate of, of West Point, uh, where the cadets did not speak to him uh, for, for four years. Well, what kind of punishment is that when you imagine to be in a school where there's no one that will speak to you? In other words, unless there was a question in class, the cadets marched by him uh, for four years. And, of course, the same thing with, uh, I think, the first graduate of, uh, of West Point, Wesley Brown, graduated in, uh, I, I believe, in '48. Mm -hmm. And he said that, that uh, the only person that spoke to him was Jimmy Carter and one other wow. incident. So wow. I, I mention those stories because I am interested in, in, the, in the military. And I name dropped shamelessly yeah. uh, about these black officers that, that, uh, that not only uh, had to do well in uh, trigonometry, mm -hmm. uh, geometry, uh, calculus, physics, uh, in order to uh, to graduate from those institutions, and and that is meant to uh, inspire all the fourth graders out there that uh, don't shy away from the math and, and, and science, and, and know that what others conquered uh, after slavery, you can conquer uh, today. And and I hope that that some of the fourth graders are inspired by some of those names as. Uh, as I was inspired. Exactly, exactly. And when you you mention the lack of communication, it's a it's a form of isolation. It it is an act of isolation, and it is to discourage you. It is to uh, displace you, and with the hopes that you will leave. It's to render you invisible. So you know we commend when any African American and and we know a lot of organizations where you are the only person in the organization who looks like you. You're the only black person who speaks like you and who thinks like you. And it's almost that you have to, you have to be steps ahead. You, you have to make sure that your voice is being heard. And in a lot of cases, because of how these organizations are designed, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough. But as you stated, it's not undoable. 
It's not undoable. So once again, you are listening to our Juneteenth special with Dr. Alzo Reddick. Alzo Reddick was a former state representative. What years, um, how many years did you serve as a state representative? I served for 18 years. I served Ooh. from 1982 to 2000, and uh, I, I never uh, miss an opportunity to say thank you to all the people that voted for me uh, down through the uh, down through the years. I'm very grateful for the uh, opportunity to have represented uh, uh, Orange County and Central Florida. Uh, during my years in, in, in the uh, legislature, and uh, and uh, I also, uh, uh, during my time in the legislature, passed some significant uh, uh, legislation uh, involved in Florida A&M University uh, being uh, located here uh, in Orlando, and of course I was uh, I was the uh, author of the single-member districting, which meant that. Uh, Black people would have an opportunity to serve on the county commission. Whoa, uh, whoa! I did not know that. Here I am. With... <laughs> the constitutional amendment that made it possible for Mabel Butler to be elected. It was uh, sponsored by the the representative from Orlando and the senator from Orlando, George Stewart. I remember was you... the senator, and uh, 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 and I was the. Uh, the, the representative and we, we we sponsored the legislation that made it possible uh, to have single member districting and and uh, Commissioner Butler was elected after I was elected and and put that legislation into uh, into to into uh, into law and that is something that I'm extremely proud of uh, and 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 there were a number of other things that I that I that I did and. Uh, well, we can't overlook those. One of the things that we know you are passionate about are soldiers. And so you have also, you're also the founder of Soldiers to Scholars. Tell the audience a bit about that program. Soldiers to Scholars was a program uh, that I initiated at the University of, of Central Florida. And there has been a, a, a severe shortage of black males uh, uh, as uh, as teachers, and so uh, in 1994, we secured an appropriation uh, to provide uh, tuition dollars and, and some housing dollars for people, uh, veterans that were separated with, uh, with an honorable discharge from the U.S. military uh, to become primarily, initially, Teachers, uh, uh, teachers, uh, uh, and, and uh, nurses. Emphasis on teachers and nurses, but later we expanded that, and so uh, uh, the program called Soldiers to Scholars. Uh, we we have uh, a number of, of graduates uh, beginning in the in the year 1994 to the present time. Uh, it is now the program is now led by uh, a, a 1978 graduate of Jones High School, Malvin Williams Tyson. So she is a 27-year retired Sergeant Major from the U.S. Army, but Soldiers to Scholars represented an effort on the part of the university as well as is yours truly to, uh, uh, to 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 provide an opportunity for many of our, our veterans, many of whom did not have a scholarship. Most people do not understand the educational benefit uh, is a come see come side program. So far as the universities, the, the the federal government, in many instances, if you did not contribute anything to the GI Bill, uh, you did not have anything once you left. So the, the GI Bill from World War II to present day uh, has, has waxed and waned uh, in terms of support for the GI Bill. There was a period, if one did not contribute actively to the GI Bill, 
one did not have the GI Bill. And so uh, in this instance, the University of Central Florida, and uh, none of this would have been possible without the benefit and the leadership of my boss, Dr. Daniel Hosenbeck, who was a, a, a retired now Navy captain who recognized mm-hmm. the need to, uh, to increase the number of uh, black students uh, at the university. And, uh, and it's one thing to tie a yellow ribbon for a veteran, but it's quite another when you provide a tuition, uh, a tuition and housing for that Correct. Student. That is correct. That is correct. Uh, and that's an actual and direct impact for that veteran. Wow. You definitely have an amazing, amazing resume in what you have done for the benefit and the direct uh, contributions to, to local people, local residents um, here as well as abroad. One of the things um, you mentioned single member district. <laughs> you know that's my topic. Living here in Winter Park, Winter Park is still under the at-large voting. Um, we we had last year we had um, where w- what we thought we had was three of the commissioners said yes to move it forward to place it on the ballot so we could vote. This was in the height of the pandemic, our COVID nineteen pandemic. And as we're moving down at, at what we thought, what the black community was thinking that we were moving closer to what could be an opportunity to vote on this, one of our commissioners, and I'll say his name, and he know I'll say his name, uh, Todd Weaver did not show up. He did not show up. He left the community hanging. Um, when you bring up this subject in a city such as Winter Park, it is almost as you are the devil. It's almost as to say you are talking negative about the, the city. And um, what the, the question um, here is always, what is the West Side, which is known as the Black community, which is gentrified, what are you missing that you feel you need to have uh, our districts? And what we're missing is the voice. And I think what has happened for so long is the white majority feels that this system works because there has been not a, and, and we both know and everyone knows, there, there is no one running. But in, a lar- in an at-large voting system, it makes it tough. In a, in a community that has been gentrified, um, a city that is built on wealth, on the power brokers, they have taken away the zeal, they have taken away the, um, the vision or the opportunities for anyone to want to step in. In 2019, when I threw my name and my hat in the ring, we, we ran a campaign off of $6,000. $6,000. Well, let me just say, first of all, uh, don't give up. Uh, there's more accountability uh, in single-member district. <laughs> all the ones go from that uh, realized, but there is, there, there is a representative on city council, on county commission, uh, on the state legislature that's accountable to a number of voters. And there's nothing uh, that is is more stimulating to uh, a representative than coming back looking looking into the eyes of one constituent and 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 being prepared to answer them as why did one vote I uh, or me on on a proposition. So I I uh, lament lament the fact that single number districting. Uh, uh, it was not a, it's not available to to you guys uh, and what the park, but uh, as as a as a legislator that was elected in 1982 as a result of single member districting uh, for the uh, which made it possible for Alzo Reddick uh, to be uh, elected. Uh, what Alzo Reddick did was to uh, lead the effort to make it possible for. Uh, a constitutional amendment to change the constitution of the state of Florida to make 
single member districting uh, possible. And so I, I, uh, I, I think, uh, uh, in, the, in the words of the poem, on Flanders Field, uh, all those that lie with the, with the singing breeze flying by, I cast to those, the, the next generation, uh, uh, the challenge of, of continuing to advocate for single member districting so we will have more accountability in, in, our, in our government. And a part of the art of teaching civics is not just uh, in, the, in the classroom, uh, but civics must occur uh, in, in the community Absolutely. Also. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And it's it's what you stated in the, in the very beginning. When you see people doing things who look like you, those who are um, influencing you to do more, again, it gives the next generation reason in why they should get involved. When you take that away and there is no representation of you in the uh, leadership roles, there's no representation in leadership roles, it's almost though as we are, again, I always say we're rendered invisible as though, and, and black leadership has, it's not a new thing. This has always been a part of our makeup. But when you have this, um, these systems that um, are oppressive, that, that are reluctant in um, letting you in, the gatekeepers, um, it, is, it, 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 it is discouraging. It can be very discouraging. And that's why it's so important, like I say, that in our communities that we look at the assets, what we do have. Uh, the fact that we can have a robust Juneteenth celebration in historic Hannibal Square, knowing, remembering, and shifting the narrative. We're bringing in community leaders um, in which to talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice in the, in the business sector, in the environment, as well as in education. And these are the things we have to do on a very grassroots level in order, in order. It's almost like you have to show them. It's almost like you have to show them what you're missing when you do not have us at the table in which to help shape and guide the community that we live in. Absolutely, absolutely uh, on, on, on target. And, and so I, I commend the the efforts to celebrate uh, the uh, occasion and, and to the greater extent that Juneteenth is celebrated, to the greater extent is knowledge disseminated. And to me, knowledge being disseminated uh, uh, has a, a, a leveling effect in terms of, uh, of, of, of the ego. Mm. Uh, most people uh, are not aware that when, uh, when a, a new Caesar uh, was crowned in Rome uh, as he would ride around the, the forum, there was someone to remind him that, uh, that the new Caesar, that you are a man, you are a man, you, you are not a god, you are a man. And, and people have forgotten that, that uh, when the Murrah building was blown up in 95, it was an irate white soldier that uh, by the name of Timothy McVeigh that uh, decided uh, uh, he, 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 he had been told that, uh, that uh, black men, I mean, that white men were superior soldiers. When, when, when it comes to reading a map, when it comes to being able to run all day and run all night, when it comes to, uh, uh, to being able to escape and hide and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and eat, uh, uh, sometimes caterpillars while you're on the run. Mm. Uh, he found that uh, caterpillars and there are other edibles uh, on the site that uh, if, if, if one is to escape, one has to learn those things and practice those things. And special forces uh, and, the, and the Navy SEAL, uh, those individuals are, are made of, of the very toughest of mentally and physically, and so I point out that it was a, a irate soldier that uh, d decided, uh, in his frustration, uh, that he was going to blow up the Murrah building uh, 
in Oklahoma, killing all, all those people. Wow. So therefore, uh, it, it is better to teach our children, all of the children, let's tell the truth about That's right. uh, 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 America. Let's have uh, America uh, become uh, a, a truth-telling machine yeah. about uh, what created, uh, not only created uh, America, but continued to uh, hold on to uh, America when we were uh, about to divide our, 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 ourselves. And, and mm -hmm. that is, uh, in large measure, the contributions of, of black men and women. And I want to emphasize black men and women. That's right. Uh, many of the women that spied for the, for the U.S. truth and 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 uh, when it comes to Harriet Tubman, Harriet Tubman didn't just come down and steal slaves uh, from to take them on the Underground Railroad. Harriet Tubman spied for uh, was a pathfinder. Uh, you can't be successful in in the United States Army unless you can read a map. She uh, they've now I, I believe there are several blank range of female rangers now. Well, Harriet Tubman, in my opinion, was the first ranger as far as I'm concerned. Because <laughs> is a, you know, when you read her exploits and she asked for her pension, she had a difficult time getting her pension. Well, you know, it's one thing to go and steal your brothers and sisters to, 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 to take them to freedom, <laughs> but it's another when, when, when you happen to union folk a fire again you are listening to our seat our table leadership lounge this is our special juneteenth edition with none other than dr alzel reddick and i tell you your profile i just want to let our audience know he's the author of juneteenth he is the first african-american from orlando elected to the florida legislature legislature did I say that correctly? I can. Okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. The founder of Soldiers to Scholars, UCF Soldiers to Scholars. He is also the author of Single Member District. I tell you, you have given us so much today. And we, I am so grateful for this time spent. I've learned so much. Um, I thank you for your, your work. I thank you for your continued work. I know that you're very involved in the um, Guardian Care. Um, I, I did see on the website where you sit on the board. Is that correct? That is co correct. Uh, that, that board um, assignment is uh, coming to an end. I've been president for a long time, and, and I'm very grateful to uh, the board uh, for selecting me. Uh, but uh, we, we have a new facility. Yes. It is the state of the 
of the art and uh, uh, my my uh, term of, of membership on that will be concluding here pretty soon. But it has been uh, it has been a thrill of a lifetime uh, to have been a uh, a member, and I, uh, I'm very grateful to the board and to Miss Eloise uh, Abraham, as well as Mr. Tom Fluella, yes, uh, uh, who uh, are the administrators of Guardian Care, and uh, it is the it is the state of the art so far as nursing homes are, are concerned. And we invite people to come back and and visit with us uh, uh, on a uh, call in for an invitation and to the facility. Excellent. My my experience with Guardian Care, again, when we moved here in 1978, my mother had moved here maybe a year or two prior, and her sister had moved here prior to that. And um, coming from the islands, a lot of these women, and still currently, they worked in the nursing home. So my mother had worked there, her and her sister, my aunt, they had worked there for several years. And um, it, it's just great that I can say that my mother was a part of that history as a historic um, um, care, care center for the African-American community. Again, I cannot thank you. Thank you enough. I know that you're working on another project, a museum. Do you want to touch a bit on that and, and let the public know? We are in the planning stage of a museum called uh, the Juneteenth uh, Museum. Uh, it is just in, in the planning stages, and we hope to have uh, some announcements uh, in the not-too-distant future. So hopefully by Juneteenth of uh, next year, we, we will uh, will have advanced our, uh, our plans and implemented some of them. So we hope to have an announcement by next year this time. Excellent. And listen, just know that we, the community, we are here for you. And in any way that we can support this, because we need this, we recognize that, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. Well, thank you. Um, we, we respect the excellence that you and the leadership that you brought to Hannibal Square. And it is just a, a thrill uh, every time I'm there. And I encourage everyone uh, to visit Hannibal Square uh, Heritage Center, and I appreciate your kind offer to uh, help us uh, as, as we're in our, uh, our early stages of planning for the Juneteenth Museum. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you for your time, Dr. Alzo Reddick. It has been amazing. It's been educational. It has been, um, it, it's been a total pleasure. And we look forward to uh, seeing more of your work and being a part of your legacy. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Absolutely. All the best. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. You are listening to Our Seat, Our Table, the Leadership Lounge. That was a phenomenal interview with Dr. Alzo Reddick. I tell you, make sure you, you take a moment and research him and what he has done for our local community. As we know, tomorrow is Juneteenth. And just to let you know that we are celebrating in historic Hannibal Square, the sixth annual Juneteenth celebration knowing, remembering, and shifting the narrative. From 8.30 to 9.30, we're going to have a free Father's Day breakfast in Shady Park. You heard it, fish and grits for everyone. At 10 o'clock, we will welcome Dr. LaVon Bracey. We're going to hear of her civil rights uh, journey around how she integrated Alachua County public school system. Around 11.50, we're going to hear Shifting the Narrative, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Justice. We're going to hear from Lynette Jackson, Community Manager with J.P. Morgan Chase & Company, Glenn Samuels, Community Outreach Chair with UCF, and Christiana Oyanga. Oy Oyanga, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. Christiana is the program manager with Orlando Metro Cities, the Nature Conservancy. This discussion will be moderated by Andrew Brown. Also, we're going to have with us Jarrett Ahmad Shield, 
let me say this is a pre-recorded interview with Dr. Ruth Edwards. Dr. Ahmad Shield, he's the assistant professor of music at Berkeley College, a celebration of Juneteenth and the heritage of black music. June has turned into be an amazing, an amazing time in which we get to celebrate black history. From Black Lives Matter, Juneteenth itself, and now also Black Music Appreciation Month. There is a whole lot to celebrate. I know for the last year in last year, it was the pandemic, civil rights, and we just wanna pay respect to those that we, that we lost along the way. Once again, you are listening to Our Seat, Our Table, the Leadership Lounge. My name is Barbara Chandler. Tomorrow is our Juneteenth event in historic Hannibal Square. It begins at 8.30. Also, from 2 to 4, we have the opening exhibition at the Hannibal Square Heritage Center. You will see Preserving the Past and Looking and looking towards the future. The exhibition opens from two to four right after our Juneteenth celebration, or I should say, as a part of our Juneteenth celebration. We are in Hannibal Square. 721 New England is the community center where the panels this panel discussions will take place. And right across the street is the Hannibal Square Heritage Center where you're going to see the collection our collection on display. Everything here tomorrow is free. There will be barbecue. The barbecue is not free. That will be done by Ward Chapel. So we want you all to come out, celebrate, support, and just, just be amongst the people. Once again, my name is Barbara Chandler, and you are listening to Our Seat, Our Table. Make it a great, great, great day. Our Seat, Our Table. Table. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Our seat. Hey, hey. Our table. Hey.